Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Tree City Sports Podcast. I am Graham Mullen, one of your hosts. And I'm your co-host, Andrew Baker. Graham, today we have... Cavs. That's right. It's not NBA draft time yet, even though you want it to be. It's the end of the NBA season. It is a jam-packed episode of... I'll have my day. Yeah, I hear you. It's a jam-packed episode of playoff talk and injuries and... LeBroning and I'll say I say Cavs. Cavs are a small part of the equation. This podcast is actually more to do with an overview of the NBA in general. It's the last four, three or four games of the season for every team, and we're going to discuss the Cavs-Raptors game first. But we also have things like talking about the playoffs in each conference, and also discussing uh, potential uh, opponents for the Cavs. But first, let's talk about uh, the game we just saw: Cavs-Raptors. It was. Sunday, I believe. Whatever day it was, it was yeah. Cavs Raptors Volume Two of of late. Um, not like the first game when the Raptors came out and scored seventy nine and made it look like they could actually beat the Cavs. Mm, they still can't. Uh, this time it was just the good old fashioned Cavs are better. It it seemed to me like the Raptors didn't really have the same sp- spirit. They've kind of struggled of late. It seemed like they were kind of kind of resigned to the fate of losing the LeBron again. I don't know if that's what's going to happen in the playoffs if these teams play, but I can tell you this. I would prefer to avoid playing the Raptors till the conference finals. Me too. That said, I still think the Cavs are beating the Raptors whenever it is we play. Yeah. And I, I'm fairly confident in that. I mean, you could, for that, to that quick point, you could argue that if the Raptors aren't playing well enough to beat the Cavs, why not just take them out or try to beat them in an earlier round? That way your next round series, which, which still be difficult, wouldn't be as would not have to involve them and might involve the Celtics or the Sixers, although the Celtics have had their own things. But, I mean, before we get to that, the Cavs, I mean, it was a great game by the Cavs. Kyle Lowry struggled mightily. He had five points. He took 11 shots. He made two. He was uh, he missed practice the day before that to go see his alma mater, Villanova, win the national title, and some people speculated on that affecting his game. I don't know. I think he should be allowed to go see his alma mater. I don't know how much it affected him. If it did, oh, well, it's a regular season game. But I just think... It speaks to the fact that the Cavs are ultra confident against the Raptors, and Jose Calderon's the best player in the NBA. Yeah, I mean that's all there is to talk about. <sighs> we can't we can't obviously expect this Calderon explosion for 19 points. I mean he was. I expect more. I expect 30 points a game right. in the playoffs. Before personally, we, before we get this train off too much, I mean Kevin Love again showed his efficiency. He was he only took eight shots, but he made four of them, and all of them were threes. So he also got to the line at 18 and 15 on eight shots. Yeah, I don't know since when Kevin Love shoots from three feet behind the line, but he just decided to start doing that. Apparently he re- reworked his shot mechanics to do that, so that's nice. I think the Cavs have been doing a really good job of using him, not overusing him so far since he's been back. I think the most he's played is in the mid-30s. He, they've been trying to not overextend him, and I think that'll be good for the playoffs when we do need him to buckle down, especially those minutes when LeBron's off the floor, even though it's going to be, like we've said, maybe – Five, six or seven minutes of the game, you need to have those times where Love can come, in, can be able to lead that offense. And he's, he's a, his three point shooting has improved. He's rebounding. We needed him, so that definitely showed against the Raptors. I think, I think it's gonna look. I think it's looking good for the Cavs going into the playoffs against the Raptors. Agree. Um, and that's to assume that the Raptors do play the Cavs, which is you know likely but not definite. If you're looking at the East playoffs, I think. One of the reasons the Cavs would prefer to avoid Boston in the second round, uh, you know, the Cavs always want to have the easiest path possible to keep their guys freshest and just have to, you know, fight less for it. 
Um, now, with the news today of Kyrie Irving missing the rest of the season, that's a real bite for the Celtics. I don't think anyone's shocked by it. It's it was, not really surprising. He's injury-prone. Yeah, and it was suspected that this could be the case. But if you're looking at the Celtics now, I mean, they just... Kyrie Irving, Marcus Smart, of course Gordon Hayward, Daniel Tice. I mean, starters, rotation players, they're missing like half their roster. If you look at the Celtics going to the playoffs now, they're starting Terry Rozier, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Morris, Al Horford. Solid starting five. Yeah, it's not a bad starting five. I, I don't think that's a starting five that could beat the Cavs or Raptors, but I think it's a team that could beat anyone else. But then you look at the bench and... The, the, the Celtics are just missing most of their team. I mean, they've got Shane Larkin, who can play a, a below-average backup point. They've got Greg Monroe, who can kind of be Al Horford-ish when Horford's out. They've got a big guy, Baines, that can rebound. But they just signed some guy named uh, Gibson, who's averaging 34 points a game in China. I have no clue if he's going to provide anything for them. But yeah. looking at the Celtics, you know, I don't think... The Cavs would have much of an issue beating that team in the second round. I don't even think I don't even know if the Celtics will make it out of the second uh, into the second round. I mean, they could lose in the first round to either Miami, Washington, or Milwaukee. I think all three of those teams can make a case for being able to beat them. I would agree with you. I think they'd be good series. Personally, I'm still picking the Celtics to win, barring further injuries. I really trust in Brad Stevens. I trust in the way that team plays. I trust in their young guys. Uh, Rozier, Brown, Tatum making plays. Marcus Morris has been playing out of his mind, which, you know, it remains to be seen how much of a 20-point-per-game score Marcus Morris is. But I think for one series, those guys can can get it done. Um, but if they for feel, sure. If they face Milwaukee, is the, if Milwaukee gets back up to the seventh seed, I mean, I understand Milwaukee hasn't lived up to expectations, but they will have the by far the best player in the series with Giannis Atetokounmpo. And then along with that, they have good individual play with Middleton, Chris Middleton, the shooting guard, point guard, Eric Bledsoe. Jabari Parker has been back and been a good supporting scorer. Plus they have Thon McCurr, an athletic center who can also step out. So the spacing is there for them. If they can just figure it out for a playoff series, I think they have the talent to be able to compete with the Celtics right now. Obviously, if the Celtics were healthy, it'd be a different story, but I think this has made the Celtics incredibly vulnerable to not even maybe the Cavs having to worry about them in the second round. I think the Celtics could th- very well. I'm not saying they'd get swept, but they could lose the series. Yeah, I, you know, Miami, Washington, Milwaukee, they all are lower-tier playoff teams. The Heat don't have a ton of talent, but they've got a good system. The, the Heat are kind of like Celtic South in a sense. Yeah. Um, you know, the Wizards, it seems like the Wizards are a bunch of head cases. I never know. They want to play Boston. I never, they do. Washington definitely wants to play and Boston. right now they would be in the and, first round. Right. Um, and the Bucks, you know, like you said, having the best player in a playoff series can win you a lot of playoff series, just as evidenced by what LeBron did in his first stint with the Cavs, where there were several series that the Cavs didn't really have. I mean, we all know the Cavs got to the finals in 2007. Just the, because of LeBron. With the Cavs' second best player being, I, I Larry Hughes, Zdeno Sagalskis, Anderson Garajau, Sasha, Sasha Pavlovic starting, Larry Nubel. you know, and Giannis Tenacumpo is not on that level, but he's close, I'd say. So I think you're right. Boston's in a situation where they are vulnerable. I think that I would have confidence in them getting past the first round, but even if they do, they're going to get trucked in the second. Point round. being is, if the Cavs can hold the three seed. Boston looks like a pretty easy matchup for the Cavs in the second round. And that brings us to the discussion of seeding in the East. The Cavs and Sixers are now tied for the three seed going into Thursday night's games. 
Philadelphia has won 12 games in a row. We said earlier they this lost. year we don't want to play them. That's what we said, and we mean it. Um, we re- we don't want to play you, Philly. Even without Joel Embiid, who's now got a broken face, literally, uh, and may or may not return for the beginning of the playoffs. I think he will. If he's back for the beginning of the playoffs. Kyrie had the same thing happen in Cleveland. You know, Philly and Indiana is going to be a great series if that's the 4-5. or five. But regardless, you know... I think it's somewhat important for the Cavs to get the three seed. We've spent the whole season, you and me both agreeing on, doesn't really matter what seed, just as LeBron always says, we're going to beat who we play. That's kind of how it goes. But I do think there's something to be said for avoiding Philadelphia in the playoffs. and At least until maybe the conference finals. Right, and avoiding avoiding the Raptors till the conference finals. Avoiding having to maybe play the Pacers if the Cavs did slip below the 76ers. I think the Pacers would make a tough first-round matchup for they the Cavs. They did last year. Exactly. So... I think there's something to be said for playing Miami, Washington, or Milwaukee in the first round, who, as we just discussed, none of them are great teams. No, Milwaukee probably has the highest upside because they yeah. have Giannis, they have the best player of those three teams and Giannis Tedekumpo. But, yeah, I mean, Milwaukee probably stands the best chance. I don't know if they'll beat them. But if the Cavs, the Cavs want to stay as a three seed because if Philly goes to the three seed, they get the easier path to the Eastern Conference Finals, whereas the Cavs would have to go through Toronto before having to potentially play the Sixers, whereas if they stay as the three seed, they might not have to meet the Sixers until the conference finals, which would require the Sixers to beat the Raptors. So anyway, it really just depends on which team you yeah, prefer the Cavs ba- to play. Basically, any way the Cavs can avoid having to play Toronto and Philly. If, Back-to-back if, series. If yeah. this lines up you know, in a really bad way for the Cavs, they could have to play Indiana in the first round, Toronto in the second round, and Philly in the third round. And quite frankly... That's super the, One of the main reasons the Cavs won the title a couple years back over Golden State is because the Cavs had a cakewalk to get to the East and the Warriors had a bloodbath to get to the West. And that brings us to our next point. The West is going to be a bloodbath all over again. It's, it's chaos. And, you know, whoever comes out of the West is going to have a lot more of a challenge getting out of that conference than whoever comes out of the East. Yeah. Because the ta- talent top to bottom in the West is far superior. So I'll read off the standings now. Houston's locked up number one. Golden State's locked up number two. Portland has all but locked up number three. Yeah, they just have to win one more game. So here's the list, four to ten. We talked about it a couple months ago, and somehow it's still all these teams are just as close. Number Starting with number four, Utah. Number five, San Antonio. Number six, OKC. Number seven, Minnesota. Number eight, New Orleans. And looking on the outside right now is number nine, Denver, and number ten, Clippers. The difference between... Utah at four, and the Clippers at ten is three games. The difference between San Antonio at five and Denver at nine is one and a half games. It's pure chaos. Anybody can make it this year. It's pure chaos. There's three, I, I have no idea what to expect. There's but, three locks. That's it. Yeah, I have no idea what to expect. But, you know, if you look at this, it's going to be fun. The last few games, that so often the NBA regular season doesn't matter. For a lot of teams, especially the playoff teams. But in the West this year, it's been such a dogfight that the last couple games of the season, these teams all control their own fates. If they win three out of four games, they're going to get in. If they don't, they won't. If you can look at the schedule, we can break it down by team. The Jazz have won like something like 25 of 29. They've been the, the, best, is team com- in, they've been the best team in the NBA this Completely half the absurd. Best defense in the NBA by a long shot. By record. They've got home against Clippers at the Lakers, home against Golden State at Portland. Again, That's really tough. If they beat the Clippers tonight, 
that's pretty much it for the Clippers, and that takes the field down to nine. If the Clippers somehow beat the Jazz, then the difference between four and ten is going to be two games. Yeah. So, you know, you look at the Spurs. I don't know what the hell to think about the Spurs because I think as much as the Spurs don't count on other guys, like, for example, Kawhi coming back, the Spurs have lost seven straight road games. They haven't won a road game since they beat the Cavs in late February, and that's yeah. shocking And that was Spurs. when the Cavs were, like, bad core, like Isaiah Thomas yeah. and all those guys. And, I mean, I'm looking at their home record right now. They're 14-26 and 26 on the road and 31-8 and eight at home. They've won nine straight home games and lost seven straight So they're one games. of the best teams in the NBA, basically, without Kawhi Leonard at home. But if you take them away from San Antonio, they are one of the worst teams in the NBA. Yeah, and that has not been the norm for San Antonio. And I don't really know what to think about them because I don't think the Spurs can make noise in the playoffs. But every time you write off the Spurs, every time... They will come back and they'll beat somebody and shock everybody. I think the problem... They've got three games left. Yeah. Home against Portland, home against Sacramento at New Orleans. Two of those three are tough games. If the Spurs lose two of those three, they could miss the playoffs. It's not likely, but this is the point of the West. You look at the Thunder. The Thunder are getting nothing out of Carmelo Anthony. He's shooting 40% on field goals this year, 36% on three. He is, on paper, looking a great fit beside Russell Westbrook. He's basically been Rodney Hood. Yeah. It's... Which not Rodney Hood. which is no disrespect yeah. to Rodney Hood. No, but, but when you get Car- what you're paying Carmelo, you're paying him twenty seven million dollars to do what Rodney Hood is doing for us for five million. Yeah, the Thunder had a great offseason by everyone's account. You know, getting Paul George, getting Carmelo, but you know, Carmelo's picking up that player option next year for twenty eight million dollars. Yeah, there's no it just chance. hasn't worked out. I don't know if he's not healthy. I don't know. I, don't I just know don't if think he's, he's old. I just don't think he's the same player anymore. I think I those agree. injuries have ruined his body. Oh, yeah. It's just it's a shame. I, I thought they'd get a lot more out of Carmelo. Well, he was one of the best pure scorers in the NBA for a lot of years. Oh, for a long time. Yeah, they've got this the Thunder six. But George got, has played well, so they've at least gotten that part of the bargain. Right. The Thunder have three games left. They're the sixth seed now. They've got at Houston, at Miami, home against Memphis. You can assume the Memphis game's a win. So if the Thunder can just win at Houston or at Miami, they should get in. Yeah, if they go two and one. If they they drop both those games, there's a chance they're out. Um, Yeah. Number seven, this is where it starts to get really interesting. The Jazz, Spurs, and Thunder, if they just win two out of three games, three out of four games, whatever, they're going to get in. Now, this is where it gets to be chaos. If you're looking at Wolves, 7, New Orleans, 8, Denver, 9, especially, that's one game separating those teams. Minnesota's got at Denver, at the Lakers, home against Memphis, home against Denver. So what that means is right now, the Timberwolves are the 7 seed, Denver is the 9 seed. There's one game separating those teams. They play each other twice in the last four games. Yeah. So if you're looking at Denver at 9... All they got to do is beat Minnesota, who still doesn't have Jimmy Butler. He's supposed to be healthy soon, but... They essentially just have to win out. Soon is just... How soon is soon enough yeah, for Minnesota? Probably have to be They've got a the big game, game tonight two. at Denver. If Denver beats Minnesota tonight at home... They'll be tied. They're tied. Um, speaking of Denver at nine, their schedule is... They've won... Denver's won three games in a row. Two of them by overtime by seven points total. By all means, Denver probably should be eliminated by now. They're just been, hanging around. They've been playing playoff basketball since for the past week now. Yeah, they've yeah exactly. Every game is a playoff game. They've got home against Minnesota at the Clippers, home against Portland at Minnesota. So again, they have to win every game basically it, yeah. to get in. They just have to. It's just or if, if they go three and one, they might get in, but it would require a lot more 
It would require the other teams to yeah, stumble so, above them. So if they, you know, if Denver beats Minnesota tonight, they're right there. And then their next game is against the Clippers. That's a playoff game. You know, Denver and the Clippers are on the outside looking in. I think now. that's basically the elimination game. It, the that's Clip, exactly the Clippers and the Nuggets. Yep, it's whoever exactly wins what it that is. game cont- gets still has a chance. The loser yep. will be out of it just because of tiebreakers. Clippers have got a tough one at Utah tonight. Then they've got that game at home against Denver. They've got home games against New Orleans and the Lakers. Those are winnable games. The New, I don't. But the, the New Clippers, Orleans game will determine seeding too. So that's right. going to be big. Yeah, because New Orleans is eight right now. They were five. And New Orleans last has year. at Phoenix, at Golden State, at the Clips, home against San Antonio. They're going to beat Phoenix, Golden State. It's changed so much since the last time we did a podcast. They were five, and now they're back down to eight. Yeah. The Jazz were 10th like a month ago, and they're four now because they've just won every game. And the T-Wolves were were four before the Butler injury. For NBA fans, the next few days are going to be awesome because there's about a week left in the season, and at the bottom of the West especially, it's just good luck, you know? When you look at this Cavs-Philadelphia game tomorrow night on Friday... That determines the three-seed. That more than likely determines the three-seed because the Cavs have a home-and-home with the Knicks after that. They just have to win one of those, I think. And Philly has Dallas and Atlanta and Milwaukee, their last three, after this Cavs game. So basically, you're looking at playoff games across the NBA. If the Cavs want to get that three-seed and don't want to have to play Toronto in the first round or play Philly in the second round or whatever it is... That game is basically the game to determine the three seed Friday. It's a huge game. And it's on a back-to-back for the Cavs after they play Washington tonight. Then, like, we just went over the whole West. It's just, it's basically playoff games for all these teams. Yeah. Everyone plays each other at the bottom of the bracket in the West. And it's going to be some enter- entertaining basketball. Because yeah, for once we actually have some meaningful basketball in the end exactly. of April. Exactly. It's great, isn't it? Um, so, look at this. What do you, who do you think is getting in in the West? I think I think... It's safe to say that Utah, San Antonio, and OKC are probably getting in. I don't see the Spurs blowing a home game to Sacramento. I just don't believe <clears throat> that the Spurs will miss a playoff game. I don't think they will either. I they, think the Jazz will get in since yeah. they have the Jazz would have to fall through so many teams. They would have to lose. They probably have to lose three out of their last four. Do they have three games left or four games left? The Jazz have four. They'd have to probably have to go one and three to miss the playoffs. And even if they went one and three, they might still make it. So I think that would require the Nugget. That would require OKC, the Pelicans. Right. So I think the Jazz and Spurs are in. OKC, yeah. Yeah, you know, they got three games left. Um, they could beat Houston and lose, drop the last two at Houston, at Miami, home against Memphis. I mean, I think OKC is probably getting in. Who do you like out of Minnesota? The Pelicans, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. I think Minnesota and the Nuggets will make the playoffs. You think Pelicans are going to drop out? I think the Pelicans will, in like the last day of the season, what will probably lose. I think that at this point, I'm probably picking the Pelicans and the Nuggets to make it. I don't really believe in the Nuggets, but I think that it's likely that the Nuggets will beat the Wolves, considering the Wolves don't have... Jimmy Butler, but towns. that's the thing is, you know, with these injuries in the NBA, that's been the theme all season this year in the NBA is injuries, injuries, injuries. Yeah, I mean, the Cavs you, dealt with them. This is the list of guys who have missed a lot of games this year or are out for the season. Kyrie Irving, DeMarcus Cousins, Gordon Hayward, Chris Porzingis, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Love, Steph Curry, Isaiah Thomas, John Wall, Chris Paul. You could go on and on and on. And those are all, like... Except for Isaiah Thomas now, but you could make, those are all stars. You could make an all-NBA team out of players who have missed 20 games or are out for the season. You know, LeBron's playing 82 games this year. It's the first time in his career he would. 
even going back to his younger years, I think, I think that gives me for for me that gives an even more of an argument for the MVP because he's played every single game this year when he didn't have to when he when the mantra is just get in the playoffs and we'd be fine. But the Cavs have been going through so many different changes this year that, and his impact has been so profound. He's having career high year in assists. He's almost averaging ten assists a game. Yep, I think. Right after the end of the regular season, you and me can do an awards podcast and decide who we think is getting these awards. Uh, the MVP has been widely presumed to be James Harden's award, and I think he's a deserving MVP. He probably will be, because he know, was jibbed last year. I think before the season, LeBron said, I want to play all 82. And the fact that all those guys are missing games, not to mention a host of other players that have missed five, six, seven games... And LeBron's going to play every single game. LeBron has never... It's, uh, he's very rarely missed games because of injury. It's been because of just resting. Like, I think it was there was one year in Cleveland where he broke his hand and he was out for a period. It's the first time around. It was like early in his career, like 2005. LeBron's 33 in his 15th season, and he's going to play every game. He and has the most I don't points even, in a season by someone in their 15th season or later. Uh, it's not even close. I don't even... He passed Kobe for it. I don't know what to even really say about LeBron anymore. We've been over this. It's just, for a guy who's this late in his career to play every game with all these other injuries around the league, it's really unbelievable. And it's a testament to the shape LeBron keeps himself in and the training he does. One other thing that affects the Cavs is... That's right. It's your favorite update of the day. The it's the tanking update. All right. So, Graham, why don't you tell them how it's breaking down with the tanking update? Well, Phoenix is pretty much locked up the number one odds. Then Memphis, then Atlanta, and Dallas. Those are all pretty much set. So the top four is essentially set. Orlando was at four and a half games back. So Sacramento is half a game back from fifth where Orlando is. And then a game behind Orlando for fifth is Cleveland with the Brooklyn pick. They're a game back of the five seat of the five spot and a game and a half behind the four spot. So that's as high as they could go as the four spot, and that would require a lot of wins on the part of Dallas and Orlando and Sacramento. Yeah, and those aren't happening. I think one of them could happen. So I think the highest I would see us going now is probably six. I would agree. Maybe five if Orlando decides to win their last few, win two of their three games or you know, three of their four games. If they go three and one end the season, I think Brooklyn won't win enough yeah if you're looking at it, you know it'll be between five and seven what yes what you and me have discussed the whole year is just hoping that nets pick is in the middle of the top 10 like six or seven as opposed to the bottom of the top like nine 10 or ten yeah right now brooklyn is two games up down whatever however you want to look at it brooklyn's at seven new york and chicago are eight and nine two games away now the only thing that could throw a monkey wrench into brooklyn guaranteeing a top seven pick right now is the Nets play a home-and-home with the Bulls. So, the Bulls have won three games in a row, and I don't really know how. Laurie Markkinen is actually scoring for them. Yeah, Laurie Markkinen is... He's played well, ...having a great rookie season. For sure, for sure. Um, and he was laughed about early in the, when they got drafted. If you look at the Nets' schedule... Oh, I know. Markkinen got, har- they got they harassed, harassed for that. Them. But, you know, that's kind of what happens, like... The same thing happened with the Kristaps Porzingis pick a few years back. It seems like a lot of times when you take an unknown... A European like a, player. Yeah, a European player, basically a big white guy. A lot of people are like, oh, you know, because there's players that have been in college and that we already know. But they're not doing that this year with uh, right. Luka Doncic, the guy, the kid from that's playing in Spain. They yep. Everyone is touting him as the next great player. So I don't know if it's True. what it is with these international guys, but I mean... I think it's just a lot harder to evaluate them, but 
you I, know, I think a lot of people thought he wasn't going to be very good. So, right. so a lot of the experts thought that, and because, so when he got taken, and because they traded Jimmy Butler, that added even more to it. Right. But we don't know how good he's going to be yet, but at least offensively, we see he has the range, and he, he kind of maybe he could develop like a Pau Gasol type of game to him. Well, hopefully Laurie Markin is good enough the Bulls can at least beat Brooklyn one of those two games. Because if Brooklyn wins both of those, then Brooklyn could fall to eight. Um, the Nets' other games are at Milwaukee and at Boston. Those are probably losses unless Boston's resting everybody. Um, How, who would they rest? The Kings they are... They would be able to field a team, Andrew. Right. That's true. They are missing their whole team. Um, <laughs> they have to play them. Let's just hope that uh, this Gibson guy from China can will the Celtics to a win on the last <laughs> game of the season. We're um, rooting for you. So Sacramento's a half game ahead of Brooklyn in the seeding. They're number six. The Kings have at Memphis, which that's just a tank of Palooza right there, at San Antonio, home against Houston. Uh, the hope there would be that the Kings win at Memphis and then Houston rests everybody. And the Kings win that one. It seems like the Kings of all these teams are actually kind of trying to win. Yeah. Um, they've got some young players that are scrapping. Quick thought. How many? How much money would it take you for have someone pay you to go to that Memphis-Sacramento game? Well, yeah. How much money would you have to, hey, would they you have know, to give you? The Kings have some guys. they got the Aaron Fox. They've got my boy Bogdan Bogdanovich. So would you? How That's much a real you... player, by the way. For those who aren't too fluent in the NBA, his name is Bogdan Bogdanovich. He's pretty solid. That's actually. confused with Bojan Bogdanovich. There's Bogdanoviches all over There's the NBA. It's a thing. Um, so, you... anyways, the point is, I think four and five are probably out of the picture. I think six is a possibility, and we just have to help hope that Brooklyn doesn't win both their games with the Bulls. But it's going to be an interesting finish to the season especially if you look at these playoff races, especially if you look at the bottom of the West, there's going to be some fantastic basketball, not to mention some horrible basketball with tanking teams. But oh, yeah. You know what? You just have to make fun out of teams tanking because if you, can't, if you can't enjoy it for the tragedy of how bad it all is, then, you know, that's a shame. But it's going to be a great few, uh, few days before the season ends. I can't wait to see who makes the playoffs, who plays who, and I'm sure – we're going to have one more podcast before the end of the season to break down the last couple days. Yeah, so in the next like few in the next few days, probably the next three to five days. Yep, we should have a clear picture, and there could be a couple games that are winner-take-all, winner-get-in-the-playoffs type of games, and I think that's all you can hope for at the end of the regular season if you're an NBA fan. So we'll have a basketball podcast, and hopefully we'll have an NFL podcast coming up, mock drafts. I'm starting to write one right now. I've done some evaluating on different players. Also, before we go... Don't forget to check out Tree City Records. That's, and also they have a website, treecityrecords.com. Make sure you check out their merchandise. Check out the new music that's out. We are They're doing stuff constantly. Yeah. They're, I mean, that, those are our friends. We've grown up with them for a long time. But at the same time, these guys are working every day to put up logos, merchandise, music. Um, I just know. dropped a, one, of my, one of them off to go record. Yep. Even if, you know... Just give them a, a like on Twitter or Facebook, treecityrecords.com. Just check them out for us. Uh, I start my job with the Indias tomorrow. That's one Good luck. Re- that's the reason we don't have any MLB content. I'm an employee, so per MLB rules, we can no longer podcast about baseball, which is sad, but working for the Indians makes it worth it. Yeah. So I'll be up there in the freezing weather for their first 10-game home. Real quick, this is... I can't comment. I can't. I want to comment on the fact that the Indians have a 10-game homestand in April, but I'm not going to do it. Um, so until next time, uh, check us out next week, 
And also, we'll have some more NBA content. Remember to check us out on Anchor or check us out on the Apple iPod, the Apple That's app. That's right. And Spotify. I almost forgot. And Google Play. We are on Spotify. We are on Google Play. We are on the Apple Podcast. We are everywhere. Shout out to Anchor for making it easy. Anywhere you need to find us, we'll be there. Subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. It really helps us get our start here. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys soon.